This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Good morning. Let me introduce you. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's say hello to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who's in studio. Teresa, good, good to see you. And it's good to see you, Denny. Was it raining when you came in yet? It was not yet. Not yet. No. But that's, we're expecting that. We are expecting it. Very yes. good. That's good because I got some planting done. Oh, good. So perfect timing. Lawn's looking pretty good these days. I bet it is. Yeah. I, bet it's, I bet you've mowed it a few times yes. already. <laughs> You're right. With a machete. <laughs> With a machete, yes. yes. By the way, if you do have, uh, as usual, we're getting calls already, Teresa. Excellent. We haven't even mentioned the phone number. I wonder if I even have to. Well, I will. Okay. 651-989-9226. Send a text, 81807. We're already getting uh, text messages uh, even uh, before, long before you got here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you, we were talking briefly before uh, the show. Uh, you wanted to kind of backtrack a little I bit. Did. And, and what, what I did. And what did you want to say? There was a gentleman who had a toka plum and a black ice plum, and his toka was not, the fruits were tiny and they weren't developing. And it rang a bell to me, but I couldn't help him out. And I think what um, what you're having, gentlemen, is a brown rot or a mummified fruit. So it's a it's a fungus, so you just need some good sanitation. Um, my cherries had this one year, and they recovered nicely. So hopefully it's a one-shot deal. Okay, and earlier this morning... And I thought, is this? Uh, I'll you ask, thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. Uh, we always joke about creeping Charlie. Yes. Who's going to be the first to ask a question by phone or by text about creeping Charlie? This is about creeping Jenny. And yes. I thought, is there such a thing? There is such a thing. It's a it's an ornamental ground cover, very close to the ground. Creeping Charlie can get you know eight ten inches taller or, or five or six inches tall, depending. But creeping Jenny is very ground hugging and has a golden color. And um, can be pretty aggressive in the right spots. Oh, so, it can. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's Creeping not. It's shit. not a um, you know a bad thing. It just is a ground cover. It grows pretty gosh darn fast, but All it's right. really pretty and can lighten up some bright, um, some shady areas. And Learn things. something new every time it's you're amazing. here. It's <laughs> amazing. Let's go to the phones. Mary Lou is calling from Crystal. Mary Lou, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Mary Lou. Uh, good morning. Um, first of all, I love your show, <laughs> and I have a question about. Um, milkweed. Yes. I have milkweed growing in and around in my garden where I really don't want it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering when and how can I move that transplant mm-hmm. it Is somewhere. it just the common milkweed, the big, tall, common milkweed? 
I think so, okay. yes. Um, they have a deeper taproot, and they don't like to be moved that well. Um, so what I would probably do then is, you know, let if you can this year, let them go to seed, save the seed, and then plant them up in a winter sowing method or plant them plant the seeds in the fall where you do want them. Um, oh, you can okay. try moving it. I would try, you know, um, right now before it gets too big, um, dig as much as you can and move it. Um, it it's kind of iffy if it's going to survive, but you can try it. You know, okay. Do they have little roots on the end of the stalk? They have. It's a deep, deep root. So dig deep, down as okay. deep as you can. It's a big tap root did, that doesn't yeah, like to be moved. I did dig some, yeah. but um, I it didn't look like it was going to be any good. good so. Yeah, yeah. They they have a they don't they have a deeper root system. So so you can try transplanting it, especially if it's where it's not supposed to be. And if it's where it's not supposed to be, just take it out. It, you know, you don't have to feel bad because it's a it's a milkweed. Just take it out and leave another area for your garden for milkweed then. All right, very good. Thank you, Mary Lou. Thank Let's you. see. Caroline is calling from Fairfax, I believe. Caroline, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Hi, Caroline. Good morning. Good morning. I have a French lilac or Korean lilac bush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done blooming now. And um, how much can I trim that back? It's getting kind of big it's mm-hmm. in front of my house. How much can I trim it back and when should I trim it back? Trim it, it back needs- right now. Uh, they set okay. their flowers uh, within three weeks after they finish blooming. So trim it back right now. Um, you may get um, not as many flowers next year, but you'll still get some. And then it will um, leaf out again, and it will be just fine. But right now is the time to trim those lilacs and those azaleas and those rhodes and those mock oranges. Okay. Uh, texter says, I have a hydrangea tree, which appears to have died, but there are new shoots growing around the base of the dead trunk. If I remove the dead trunk, will I... Will these shoots grow into a new tree? You'd have to uh, prune them to grow into a tree, but they should, yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Deal. So just thin it down to the one or two stalks that you want and, and then limb those up as they start to grow. Back to the phones we go. Sharon is calling from Stanchfield with a question. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hi. I have two questions. I have an almond bush. What do I need to do? I fertilize it? Just let it be? You can just let it be. If it seems happy and healthy, just let it be. Otherwise, if you want to be nice to it, give it a little compost. Oh, okay. Um, We've been digging out daylilies. If we put black plastic over the area, is that going to maybe kill all the little things that are still in the ground? It could. What did you want to plant in there afterwards? Grass. Grass. Okay. Um, you, you can do that. Um, it, it's going to take like a whole season, though, so one or two years. So you may just want to um, just put the grass in and, and then just dig out the daylilies when you see them coming up or just leave the area um, with just the soil and then dig those daylilies as you see them coming up. I don't know if that makes sense because you won't be able to use like a, a, a weed killer on the daylilies when they come up because you'd have to use a grass killer, which would kill your grass So because they're too closely related. On our Smart Garden Show, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney with us this morning. Bunch of calls, bunch of texts as usual, Teresa. Here's the text. Yesterday, I put herbicide on my lawn with a hose end sprayer. I also have some areas that need grass seed. How long should I wait to put the grass seed on? You have to read the instructions yeah. of what you put down. Sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's three months. It depends what product you use. So you have to look at what the product is. Always that you use. read the directions. Read the labels because yes. the label is the law. You have yep. to follow the label. It's illegal not to follow that label. No kidding. It is illegal. You are breaking the law if you don't follow the label. Oh. 
So, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's Goodness. not label police out there, but you are breaking the law if you do not follow the label. The label is the law. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Jane in Minneapolis, I believe, is next on the phone here. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi. I want to know if I should keep watering. I can't remember the name of the plant. I bought five of them, but it's one big bulb, and then it has this stock and it blooms. Okay. And did you um, did you get it for Christmas? Uh, was it? Yes. A, okay, that's probably an amaryllis. And um, are you, do you have it in the house in a pot, or are you planting it outside? Yeah, it's oh. in a pot. Okay. Um, can you put it outside somewhere? Uh, no, I'm in an apartment. Okay, okay. Um, you can, um, as long as the leaves are green, you know, make sure it gets as much sun as you possibly can. Give it, um, as long as those leaves are photosynthesizing, they're building energy for next year's flowers. So the longer you can keep the leaves going, the better. Um, and then when the leaves start to die down, you can stop watering it and then take it out of dormancy um, to put it in a cool, dry place. Then take it out of dormancy September, October and start it up again. All right, good deal. Uh, let's see. Wayne, I believe, is calling in from Somerset with a question. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi there. Hello. Great to talk to you guys. See, I've got uh, some mini globe arborvitaes. Mm-hmm. They're not so many anymore, but yes. they're alongside of my house. And uh, I noticed this spring they were golden part of the mm-hmm. part, pretty big parts of some of them, is, like they're dead. And I yep. noticed arborvitaes all over are dead. They yeah. lost a lot of them this year. Do I trim the whole thing back or down to the ground? Or, uh, you or... don't want to trim the whole thing down to the ground. Um, just trim out the dead stuff. Okay. Um, lots of times there are growing points that once the sun gets to those growing points, they will reactivate. So you might not have a real nice globe anymore. It may be kind of a little misshapen. Yeah. So trim it to the best that you can, but you don't want to cut it all the way back because it won't come up all the way again. Okay, it's, So, it's... but you think I could cut a good share of it? Or... You know, because... whatever's dead, cut the dead out. And, that will, and then, then live with it for a week or two or a week to see how that looks and then then trim it to shape after that all right there you go wayne thank you good luck uh can i trim uh, low-hanging branches on a linden tree texter wants to know should be able to yes okay you know what we have to do is take a quick break teresa master gardener teresa rooney in studio with you uh, today answering your questions by phone and by text here on our smart garden show and welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Denny Hall here with Master Gardener, Teresa Rooney, answering your phone calls and your text messages as well. Uh, Dave and Fridley, Teresa, has been uh, waiting. Let's help Dave out. Hi, Hi Dave. Dave. Good morning. I uh, have a rather large area in my backyard that I have prepared and seeded with Kentucky bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And it is just now starting to come up. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there is an invasion of pretty aggressive, very small weeds with a single stem and maybe one or two little round leaves about an eighth of an inch. Mm-hmm. My, and you may have touched on this earlier, but my question is, when can I spray that with a weed killer and uh I am just wondering, Mm -hmm. I did recall reading the label on the weed killer, and I don't recall any talk on it about how long you had to wait. To wait for the new grass. Um, You know, you probably would be safe, but what I would do is I would call the 800 number on the label and ask them. 
um, they'll know exactly if it don't if it doesn't mention it in or ask uh, the the garden center where you got the product from. You know, just new grass. It's so sensitive coming up, and and even though the herbicide is for a broadleaf and it shouldn't hurt your new grass, it's still tender. And and I don't know enough of that science to know how big that grass has to be. So either um, call the company, go on the extension.umn.edu, or ask your um, garden center what they would suggest. I'd probably let the grass come up a little bit and then then spray the weeds, but that's what I would do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Dave. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you'd like to use it. Uh, next week, I know. Is it next week we're going to bring some master gardener? No. Um, two weeks from now. Two weeks. I'm bringing two master gardener friends in. To more help. More help. All yes. right. I need all the help I can get there. Speaking so. of... Uh, Speaking uh, of learning uh, stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if I don't get to your question or, or you don't understand the questions or the answers, um, go to extension.umn.edu and click on the garden tab. Or what you can do is come to our Hennepin County Master Gardener Learning Tour. It's July 14th. It's a Saturday self-guided tour. You'll be going through Master Gardener Gardens. You'll talk to Master Gardeners. There'll be all kinds of Master Gardeners there to answer your questions. So you can, like, you know, get a Master Gardener right in front of you and just grill them and <laughs> a- ask all those questions that I can't get but to. But they today. love it. But they love it, yeah. Yeah, so you might have to say, okay, fine, now I've talked to you for four hours. Let me go to the next garden. But, um, yeah, yeah. So um, so you can go to a Hennepin County Master Gardener website and you can get tickets. Uh, it's $15, I believe. And um, But it's a self-guided tour, and that helps us promote our program sure. and, you know, printing costs and everything Let's else. give that website one more it's time. It's uh, extension.umn.edu and click on the Garden tab if you have garden questions or go to the Hennepin County Master Gardener page to get tickets. Very good. All right, we'll mention that again before okay, you leave yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Texture says, will a volunteer cucumber or winter squash from last year produce edible food? And how do I know which is which? It depends. Um, Because what it does is, uh, unless you only grew heirlooms last year and you only grew one kind, you don't know what the parentage is, so you don't know what's going to happen. So if you have the space, let it rip and see what happens. Um, If you don't have the space, say, thank you for trying to grow and send it to the compost bin. Aha. Texter says, can spirea be trimmed to shape now? Yes. Can. All right. Um, We've got so many texts. We're going to get back to the phones in a moment, too, but let's take care of some more. I've not gotten in my vegetable garden yet. Are there any vegetables I should stay away from because they won't be ready by the freeze? Um, You know, you can get some big watermelon plants, so get get the ones that have the short, um, probably... You know, some of the dried beans, maybe okra might be a little too late. Otherwise, just plant and um, just go for it. Um, You know, making sure you're putting in transplants for those warm season crops and that you should be fine. It's still pretty early, actually. Get out there and plant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we've had comments about this before, Teresa. It said, the texture says, I've never seen so many maple seed helicopters all over Burnsville. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, um, Gary Johnson actually addressed this on one of the one of the TV shows I happened to catch. But um, you know, it just happens some years. So just like, way cool! This is a cool event that happens. Sometimes they just seed heavier one year than another year. Um, it could be reaction to stress, but probably not. And because we had such a weird spring, the leaf and the seed timing, the um, Samara, Samara timing, is a little off. 
So so probably we would have had bigger leaves earlier and you wouldn't have seen all those seeds before. Um, so, so it's just like we're more like, oh, what's going on? We're more aware of it. So I love the fact that everybody's more aware of what their gardens are doing and their yards are doing. And it's just a really cool kind of happenstance thing and just sit back and enjoy it. And I know gr- going up north, I saw the... They were very heavy seeded. I kept looking like, what is going on over there? <laughs> oh, those trees are brown. No, they were full of seeds. They were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Let's go back to the phones, uh, Teresa. Margaret's calling from St. Paul. Good morning, Margaret. Morning, Margaret. Morning. Uh, question about an invasive weed. I'm on the east side in the Battle Creek area, St. Paul, and as I, along City Street, Upper Afton, there's a, an invasive weed. I think it's called mustard weed or garlic Oh, weed. garlic mustard, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just everywhere yep. along Upper Afton, kind of by the creek. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's obviously not on my property, but I'm wondering what what should the city do about that? Um, the city should be uh, should be pulling it. Um, we should get volunteers out there to pull it. Um, it is edible. You can make a pesto out of it. It'll smell garlicky, not taste too garlicky. And the nice thing is that it's an annual, so if we can knock it back before it goes to seed, you can really get ahead of it. But it's mustard, mustard, garlic, or garlic mustard. And um, so that's what your city should be watching on it because it is an invasive weed. Mm-hmm. All right. Texas says, best time to transplant an old poppy plant lost in hosta and hydrangea. Normally blooms beautifully. Oh, dear. Um, poppies are one of those have a deep taproot and hate to be moved. Um, you know, I would dig it as soon as possible, take as much of the root as possible, disturb it as little as possible, and set it into its new home as quickly as possible and hope for the best. Uh, they just don't transplant that well. So good luck with that. Sorry. All right. Teresa, we need to take Okey a break. Dokey. Reminding our listeners, we have another half hour of the show to go. So if you miss getting on the first half hour, we have time for your phone call or text messages here on 830-WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. In studio with us, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out by phone and by text. And as usual, we've got a bunch of both. Excellent. As you back to work, Teresa. Excellent. Patty is calling from Egan with a question. Hi, Patty. Hi, Patty. Hi. Hi, Teresa. Hi. Um, I have a question about planting something on the south side of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I have about three feet of rock and um, nothing planted there, but I'd like to put something in. What would you recommend? Maybe even two different things? Okay, what I would do is um, the furthest away from the house you can go, the better. And it depends if you're um, look overhead, does the snow fall off the roof there? Then you want to plant perennials. If the snow doesn't fall off the roof there, um, then you can plant shrubs. And um, it depends if you're looking for evergreens. Junipers would work there. Um, you know, things like daylilies and roses would work there. Spireas would work there. So you have a wide variety. But try to stay as far away from the house as you possibly can. You don't want to disturb anything within like two feet of the house. Plus you want um, the plant to be able to grow. So so look at the, the full area and how big you want it and what you're, what you're aiming for. You know, do you want some, some herbs out there? That would work. Um, daylilies would work. Uh, you know, small spireas would work. Small junipers would work, depending on what you're looking for. All right, very good. Some suggestions. Let's see. 30-year-old swamp white oak. Mm-hmm. Some die back last year. This year, very late to uh, leaf out, I mm-hmm. think they mean. Yep. And so sparse. Many more dead branches. No culture changes. Hmm. Um, you may want to have a, a certified arborist look at it to make sure it's not getting um, oak wilt. 
that it's not infected with oak wilt. Um, otherwise, you know, just make sure you've trimmed off the dead branches and don't do any trimming of live branches at, during this time of year. And a texter wants to know, my milkweed never blooms. Wondering why? Well, it might not get enough sun. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what I would guess. It's not getting oh, enough all right. sun. Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Back to the phone. Susan is calling from Excelsior this morning. Susan, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, I have, we have a lot of moss in our yard. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. And it just, we, we have so much of it. And like in my garden, sometimes I'll just rip it up. Can you compost that? Yes. And what does it mean about your soil? That's an excellent question. You can put it in the compost bin. Um, it will then just inoculate what you're putting it, the compost back in. Some of the spores may survive. Um, what moss grows in an area that has low fertility, um, moisture, not enough, enough light um, or not much light, and not enough air circulation. So if you can um, mitigate any of those those issues, that will help the moss not grow there as much. Otherwise, um, you know, moss gardens are absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And if it's in the shade, your grass isn't going to grow that beautifully anyway. So go online, look at some pictures of moss gardens, fall in love with them, and work on a moss garden. But, yeah, um, low fertility in your soil, not enough light, um, higher humidity or moisture levels, and not enough air circulation. Those are moss, moss growers. Teresa, a texture doesn't say where uh, located uh, in the state or five state, whatever the case mm-hmm. is. Uh, they have a lake home, mm-hmm. and they want to purchase fertilizer for the lawn. They want to know what type of fertilizer should one be using. Well, you want to make sure that it can't get into the lake. So if you have a really good buffer strip between your lake and lawn, that's wonderful, and you should have one of those anyway to protect your lake property uh, and the lake water quality and to keep the geese out of your lawn. All all of those will help with that issue. Otherwise, um, you'd want to use something very organic and read and follow the label instructions, and you want to make sure it's not getting into your lakes, into your lakes. Certainly. Mm -hmm. I want to mention that our friends at By the Yard sponsor the show every week down there in Jordan, Minnesota, that family-run business. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see, who's on the phone? Uh, uh, Jeannie's calling from Montgomery, I believe. Good morning. Hi, Jeannie. Good morning. Um, my family's uh, home is going to be sold, and there's a lot of historical peonies, mm-hmm. and there's a big, beautiful bleeding heart and mm-hmm. some daylilies and some rhubarb that have all come from several different locations sure. mm-hmm. throughout the generations. And I'd like to, I'm almost, I'm going to have to try moving them before the place is sold. Mm -hmm. What are the odds of them surviving this time? Mm -hmm. Or what are some of the special things that I can do to, um, to help the plant potentially Mm -hmm. survive? You have some options here. First of all, in your selling agreement, you can put in a rider that says you want to come back for those plants. That's always an option. You can you can talk to your realtor about how they do that. It's magic. Otherwise, um, move the plants as quickly as you possibly can. Dig the the deepest roots, the most roots that you possibly can. Get them into the ground in the new area as quickly as possible. And make sure that you have amended the soil with compost. Your rhubarb should be okay. Peonies, you may knock them out of blooming cycle for a year or three years. Plant your peonies a little bit higher or at the same depth that they're growing now. Um, and make sure they get full sun. So I understand about those heritage plants and those plants that, that are tugging at your heartstrings. So 
try either getting a you know a waiver or a rider that says you can go out and get them later when it's the proper time. That would be spring for the rhubarb and about August for your daily uh, for your lilies. Um, I'm sorry, your peonies. Otherwise, dig them as quickly as you can and move them as quickly as you can. Good luck. Texter says, "How does one eradicate snow on the mountain?" <laughs> um, it's a it's an aggressive um uh ground cover. It gets about two or foot high. Uh, you can keep pulling it. And or you can treat it with um, an herbicide that is for uh, broadleaf weeds um, and, and mulch heavily and just be on the lookout that that and not let it go to seed, whatever you've got now. So when it flowers, make sure you cut those flowers off. But it is aggressive. It, it can, runs by runners and pops up in other places. So you can dig it out um, or use an herbicide on it. Very good. Uh, back to the phones we go, uh, Teresa. John is calling from St. Paul, I believe. John, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, John. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. See, I have a cabin up north near Moose Lake, and over this past winter, I've got some smaller maple trees, maybe 15 feet high, and a critter, I suppose a woodchuck, has been climbing up the, these couple trees and gnawed the bark away. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if these trees are going to survive. They're not really leafing out yet, mm-hmm. or if I should just cut them down. Well, it could be deer that have nibbled the bark, too, depending upon how high it is up there. Um, I would just wait to see what the tree does, uh, cut off any branches that do die, even if it does, like, get the leader gone, the the main stem, and the tree can, one of those branches then moves up and becomes the leader. It'll have a little crook in it, so it won't be perfect. But it will be an interesting thing to always remember. Hey, that survived this animal doing that. And um, just they're pretty tough. So I would definitely keep them growing if they look fairly healthy now and they haven't been girdled down to the ground. Just a little bark here or there. They can often recover from that or just cut out the dead stuff when it dies. Okay. Let's see who's next. Uh, uh, Don is calling from Frontenac, I believe. Don, you're on with uh, Teresa. Good morning. Hey, Don. Good morning. I've just got a winter squash question. I don't like them getting done, getting ripe too early. Mm-hmm. I like to have them kicked by the frost a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time to sow them directly? Uh, you know, she. Uh, I would have thought you would have already had your transplants in. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd get them in as quickly as possible. I don't know if you're going to have time, depending upon what they're what they're germinating or, you know, maybe soak the seeds for 15, 20 minutes before you plant them um, and, and hope for the best. Give them a nice warm garden soil to grow up in. Um, but but you're really cutting it close there. Um, but, yeah, I'd get them in sooner rather than later. Otherwise, I'd definitely go with transplants for that. And, and you know, you can always, um, once they start blooming, if you don't want the the first the first squashes, you can pluck those flowers off and then they'll send out more flowers in a week or so and that can kick your um your harvest time out a little bit too okay there you go don texter wants to know if there are any types of lilacs that can grow in big um outdoor pots it depends um the you know any any plant can grow in a big pot the problem with our winters is the soil freezes and thaws because it's it's getting the sun in the middle of the winter day and then it gets cold again at night and every time you get freezing and thawing roots die. So if it's a huge, huge, huge container, you could probably plant an oak tree in there. Well, maybe not an oak, but something pretty big. Um, If it's a tiny little pot, it's going to freeze and thaw all the way through, and those roots aren't going to make it through winter. So it's really the mass of the pot 
and and just plant in the center of that so the so it gets frozen and stays frozen. And if you can um, insulate the the container, maybe put some straw bales around it so it doesn't get hit by the sun and it keeps frozen. That would be helpful. Um, but that's the problem with things above ground in our climate. They freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. Every cycle you lose more roots until there's no more roots to lose. Mm. All right, let's see. I know we have to break, but I'm going to get Karen in Minnetonka's uh, call in here. Karen, what's your question for Teresa? Hi, Karen. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a large hydrangea bush. When do I cut off last year's blossoms? Anytime you want. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Should they have been cut off in the fall? No, no. Um, I let them go through. I would let them go through the winter so you have winter interest because I'm lazy. I don't want to do any work that I don't have to do. Um, but then in the spring, go ahead and cut them off, um, you know, and they can just fall down into the bush themselves and compost in there if you don't mind the messy look. Otherwise, yep, cut them off. Dead is dead. They're never coming back. You can cut them anytime. Very good. Yep. A quick break is in order, Teresa. All but right. We'll be back with more phone calls and text messages here on our Smart Garden Show on A3OWCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show on this Saturday morning, around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Remind me now, before you go, we mm-hmm. have to, to mention that the Master Gardener. Comment. Our garden tour, yeah. The garden mm-hmm. tour, yeah. Mm-hmm. Texter says this, Teresa, we have hops growing by our house. Do we Way have to? Cool. Do we have to worry about them growing through our foundation? No. No, um, plants don't grow through foundations. The roots don't go. Usually they run up to your concrete or the, the foundation, the, the whatever it is, and then they start going left or right or up or down. That's what plants do. However, if there's a crack in the foundation and there's moisture, the roots will follow that crack in. Mm. And as the roots get bigger, they may make the crack get bigger. So if you have a good foundation, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. A will weed killer Get rid of unwanted angel trumpets. Yes, the detura, it will. Just use it, read it and follow the instructions. Um, spray it on the plant. Um, just follow the instructions. Yes, it will. That's an annual for us, um, but it can self-seed very easily. Texter wants to know, and they see many places like this, why do so many landscape businesses mulch around their trees up to the bark? Oh, my gosh. This is a pet peeve of Oh, mine. is it really? Yes, the volcano I... mulch. They did that at where I worked the other day, and I was going to take pictures saying how to kill a tree. It's just, oh, it just drives me. You know, they do it because they don't know, their, their staff doesn't know any better. They haven't been taught, and because they saw somebody else do it. That is not the way you mulch around a tree. You mulch around a tree by you leaving at least uh, six to eight inches of bare soil next to the trunk. And then you put two to three inches of mulch on the soil away from the trunk, as far out as you want to go. That is how you mulch a tree. Oh, I, I, okay. It's a good okay. thing, I you're, gotta, not, I gotta a good thing little, you're not visiting my house. <laughs> I got a little re, you know, frustrated there. But yeah. So yeah, leave I, a space. Leave a space because when stuff is next to the trunk Let of the breathe. tree... It's a wonderful place for critters to live, ah. insects, diseases. Um, that is, uh, as as the as one of um, the instructors said at the U, that is pre-soil, pre-compost. So as that decomposes, you can get adventitious roots coming out from the trunk of the tree, and they will turn back and strangle the tree and kill it. So if you want to kill a tree, there's easier ways to do it. Just chop it down. That's an easier way than the long, slow death mm. of, of doing things like this. Wow. 
There, I'm. I will get off of my soapbox. Now. No, that's a good point, though. I'm glad you. I'm glad the texter brought Stop that up. The volcano mulch. Volcanoes right. are in Hawaii. That's where we see volcanoes. We don't see them in Minnesota. How can I keep okay. weeds out of a, an asparagus patch? Texter wants to know what can I use to kill crabgrass that is growing now. Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, with you know, you're gonna have. I would uh, hand weeding. Try to get all the weeds out that you possibly can. Asparagus does not like um, a competition. And I would probably go to the extension.umn.edu site and to see if there are uh, herbicides that you can use, um, grass killers in your asparagus. Um, I think you can, but please don't quote me on that. Please go to the extension website and double check that you can use that. And, of course, you'd want to make sure that it's usable around edible crops. Yeah, good point. Yep, so, yeah. Back to the phones. Donna is calling from Northfield. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. Thank you. I love your program. Thank you. I had daffodils that were beautiful. I'm wondering, can I cut those leaves down now, or do I need to let the leaves die away? Well, it depends. If you don't care if your daffodils come back next year or flower, you can cut the, the leaves down if you're preparing an annual bed and you're not hoping for them to come back. If you want them to keep coming back every year and naturalize and multiply, you need to let those we- those leaves photosynthesize and bring energy back to the bulbs as long as possible. Once the leaves start dying down, you can easily just pull them off or cut them back. But as long as they're green, they're photosynthesizing and getting bulb food ready for or a flower food ready for next year for you. Okay. When and how much to prune mock orange? Texture. I'm um, prune right now. Today, right now, we'll wait till I finish the show and then go out and prune okay, right now. Um, so you want to prune, again, any spring blooming plant within three weeks after it finishes blooming and prune it back to shape, whatever you want to do. Always understand why you're pruning and what your entire what your goal is. And clean out any dead stuff. Dead is dead. You can always take out dead stuff anytime. But, you know, before you make the cut, why are you making the cut and, and what are you trying to accomplish by this cut? Okay. I'm going to try to get in as many uh, text messages as we can, Teresa. Uh, This one is, I wonder why my maple trees and other trees in neighborhoods have seeds hanging on them. Never had that before. Well, that's just because the leaves have not grown as much. So you just haven't seen this happen before, and it is a heavier seeding year this year. Um, it just happens. Um, they cycle in and out of heavy seeding, and so you're just seeing something a little different this year. Question about a nashiki willow, a mm-hmm. dappled willow. Mm-hmm. It did not survive this winter. Now there's new growth started at the top of the trunk in various places. Can I trim all the dead branches, and will this new growth become a new tree, do you think? Um, the new growth will be fine. Do trim back dead stuff um, right away. Get that out of there. Um, and just, just treat it gently. They often can die to the ground, and so it may come back from the roots too. So you may be a, see a sucker to come from the roots. A texter says this, my hybrid uh, tropical hibiscus has recovered from severe aphids. Yes. It's very lush, but no sign of buds. What to do? Give it time and give it some fertilizer. So give it some bloom food. Uh, something that has a higher middle number will be helpful for you and not, not the first number, which is the nitrogen for the leaves. And give it as much sun as you possibly can. It takes a while to come out of that. So give it time. All right. You know what we should talk about uh, is maybe the folks missed 
Mm-hmm. Our earlier conversation about sure. the, the, the walk through the, the self tour. The Learning Garden Tour. Yes. Hennepin when County, is that? Hennepin County Master Gardener Learning Garden Tour, July 14th. That's a Saturday, a self guided tour. Um, you can buy tickets online at Hennepin County Master Gardeners. And um, there'll be Master Gardeners everywhere. So you can ask all kinds of questions. And these are tours of actual Master Gardener gardens. So you'll actually be able to even talk to the owners there. and. And everything. So, now what day is that fall on? Uh, it's a Saturday, J- okay. July 14th. July 14th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And again, how do we find out more? If, it's, if some Hennep- folks are driving now, yep. they, they can't. Just remember Hennepin County Gar- Master Gardeners and then Google that when you get home and go right there um, and you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's going to be like in the Minneapolis uh, South kind of area. Um, so we try to keep the gardens in a reasonable area so you can easily get to them. Uh, Texter says this, we have just time for maybe one more, Teresa. Okay. Will my moss roses, begonia, and pansies come back if deer ate them, put grass seed down with dirt in a lot of bare spots over the, a week ago, watered it twice, why has it not sprouted? Okay, the grass seed, depends on what kind of grass seed. Some some germinate in three, week, three days, some in 21 days or 28 uh-huh. days. So you have to water more than twice. They have to be watered like twice a day lightly. You have little seeds. You're trying to break those seed coats. Um, If the deer, um, the pansies probably might not come back to the fall. The other ones, if the roots are still there, they should come back. All right. One more time, that uh, university website. Extension.umn.edu. Click on the garden tab. Good deal. Teresa, thanks for all the help as usual. Appreciate that. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney with us here on A3OWCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.